0: Welcome to the Mushrooms Apprentice. I'm your host, Shona Holm. I would be remiss if I didn't discuss medicinal mushrooms on this podcast. Mushrooms, polypores, and Chaga sclerotia, all of which I will speak to, are not to be taken lightly they will provide a level of healing benefits that have been known in folk medicine and traditional Chinese medicine for thousands of years. And though they get quite a bit of press these days, still most people are unaware of just how formidable these natural medicines are with regard to cancer, heart disease, diabetes, gut health, and more. They've been a large part of my daily supplement routine for a number of years now. I take them in dual extract tincture form and I also drink chaga tea regularly. So many people are compromised with all manner of diseases and disorders these days and conventional medicine has little to offer other than an endless barrage of synthetic pharmaceuticals and invasive procedures. Unlike pharmaceuticals, medicinal mushrooms have a glowing resume as safe curatives, preventatives, and reliable assist to the body without the damaging side effects that accompany so many pharmaceutical drugs. I love to research and learn as much as I possibly can So I'm going to share with you a lot of great information on the subject. And I hope to inspire you to not only include these medicines in your daily routine, but to share this information with others. Cancer, as a for instance, is ravaging so many people and these mushroom medicines will provide a very powerful assist. Now, there are excellent books on the subject and I have a number of them in my library. My most frequent go to and one that I highly recommend reading is The Fungal Pharmacy by Robert Rogers. That is such a good book. It's comprehensive and it has beautiful photos. It will give you a fantastic education on the subject. Also, I was recently gifted Christopher Hobbs's Medicine Mushrooms, The Essential Guide. And that book has gorgeous photographs and is very accessible and informative. It's important to know that a mushroom is the fruiting body of a fungus. It contains spores that will perpetuate that fungus. When there is enough moisture in the air and the conditions are favorable, the fruiting body will emerge and spread the spores. Polypores are a woody pore fungus that forms large, very brightly colored, shelf-like growths on old logs, trees, and tree stumps. And I will discuss sclerotia when I speak to chaga. Medicinal mushrooms have been used as healing agents throughout time. Chinese medicine has utilized reishi mushrooms for over 7,000 years, and Eastern and Northern Europeans have a very long history as avid mushroom hunters availing themselves of chaga and a number of medicinal mushrooms. Mesoamericans also have used medicinal mushrooms really all around the world. People have benefited from the healing properties of their local fungi. In his introduction, Robert Rogers touches on historical perspectives regarding mushrooms, and he writes, quote, the ancient Romans feasted on mushrooms. Marshall wrote in the first century AD, quote, it's easy to refuse gold and silver, or even attractive ladies, but to refuse mushrooms is difficult. The Romans set aside special silver vessels called Boletaria to hold and cook mushrooms, and amber knives were reserved for their preparation. Marshall also wrote that, quote, gold and silver and dresses may be trusted to a messenger, but not a boletus. It will be eaten on the way. The Greeks, according to Suctonius, called fungi the food of the gods, while the Greek philosopher Porphyry called them sons of the gods, as they were born without seed. In Corinth, humans were believed to have been born from mushrooms. The Chinese have a, a rich history of fungal interest, dating back some 7,000 years to the Yang Shao culture. The My Flora by Chen Zhen Yu, written in 1245 AD, was devoted entirely to the development, appearance, harvest, and preparation of 11 species of fungi. The oldest written record of mushrooms as medicine is an Indian medical treatise from 3,000 BC. In German mythology, on one winter's night, the god Wotan rides through the forest on horseback, pursued by devils. As the horse races faster and faster, blood-specked foam falls from the mouth, producing next spring's beautiful red mushrooms with white specks. End quote. In ancient Egypt, it was believed that mushrooms were plants of immortality and they were said to be a gift from the god Osiris. They were consumed by those of royal rank only and forbidden to common folk. And in feudal Japan, maitake mushrooms were so highly prized, the Japanese lords traded with their subjects an equal weight in silver in exchange for maitake. And the foragers who knew where to find it kept the location secret and it was only revealed in their will after their death. In her writings on medicine, the 12th century Christian saint and mystic Hildegard of Bingen wrote that mushrooms growing on trees are edible and medicinal. And she's speaking of Polypores, which again are a divi- di- very diverse group of woody mushrooms. They're found on trees and logs and they come in a variety of shapes and sizes. Some look like a shell or a bracket growing on a dead or living tree, and others are found in clusters like oyster mushrooms and turkey tail. They are wood decomposers and some like chaga are parasites. Rishi is a polypore and so is lion's mane and maitake to name but a few. I want to talk about the pharmacological properties of medicinal mushrooms. In an article I found on PubMed titled Medicinal Uses of Mushrooms in Nigeria, these authors spelled out the efficacy of medicinal mushrooms as healing agents very nicely. They wrote, quote, the above health enhancing properties of mushrooms have been attributed to the presence of some bioactive compounds in mushrooms. Some of these biologically active substances are glycolipids, compounds derived from shikimic acid, aromatic phenols, fatty acid derivatives, polyacetylamine, polyketides, nucleosides, cesterpenes, and many other substances of different origins. Most of these bioactive compounds derived from mushrooms are known to function as biological response modifiers. Biological response modifiers are substances that stimulate the body's response to infection and disease. The body is known to produce these substances, but not in appreciable quantity, hence exogenous supply through diet or dietary supplements are needed. Mushroom nutraceuticals may unarguably be the source of this exogenous supply, because edible mushrooms are known to be safe and devoid of undesirable side effects. They have been part of human food from time immemorial. In recent years, mushroom polysaccharides have drawn the attention of chemists and immunobiologists. This is because many polysaccharides isolated from mushroom are considered to be biological response modifiers and have been shown to enhance various immune responses. In medicine, biologically active substances are used to immodulate both humoral and cellular immune factors in the body. Bonn and B. Miller, reported that a polysaccharide from letinus edodes is an immunological strengthener, which can be used to cure viral hepatitis and various other diseases caused by low immunological diseases. Productions of these biologically active substances are from the fruiting body and the mycelium of the mushroom, end quote. The polysaccharides and polysaccharide protein combinations found in medicinal mushrooms have anti-cancer, and immunostimulating properties. And these are found within the fruiting body itself as well as the cultured mycelia. Robert Rogers writes, quote, polysaccharides with anti-tumor and immunostimulating properties are particularly important for modern medicine. Several of the mushroom polysaccharide compounds have have proceeded through phase one, two, and three clinical trials and are used extensively and successfully in Asia to treat various cancers and other diseases. A total of 126 medicinal functions are thought to be produced by medicinal mushrooms and fungi, including anti-tumor, immunomodulating, antioxidant, radical scavenging, Cardiovascular, anti hypercholesterolemia, antiviral, antibacterial, antiparasitic, antifungal, detoxification, hepatoprotective, and anti diabetic effects. End quote. Medicinal mushrooms are essential health assist, and it behooves us to include them in our daily supplement protocol. There are a number of excellent producers out there. I like to support the smaller ones. And the company that I highly, highly recommend is birchboys.com. And I do not receive any benefits from them for saying that. I'm simply sharing with you what I personally think is one of the best producers after years of purchasing tinctures and powders from various companies. This is a producer in the Adirondacks of New York State in Tupper Lake, and it was started by Garrett Kopp when he was 15 years old. And it was his grandmother who taught him about chaga and how to properly collect it from the many birch trees in that area, which I just love. These guys do a superb job with their tinctures and powders, and their prices are far more affordable compared to so many other companies, large and small, that I've looked at. So check out their website, birchboys.com, and you'll find not only very superb products, but also instruction on how to properly prepare a dual extract tincture and much more. Garrett also has a YouTube channel under his name, Garrett Cop, and that's G-A-R-R-E-T, and then Kopp is K-O-P-P. I've watched all of his, his videos, and he has a wonderful video on how to make a chaga chai that you will want to watch if you are a chai drinker. All you need really is one good company that wild crafts and home grows mushrooms ethically and produces superb tinctures and powders. I really respect Garrett and what he has created over the years. And I am hoping, fingers crossed, to interview him here very soon. So I'm going to talk about chaga, which isn't actually a mushroom. It's a fungal organ known as an aerial sclerotia that grows on birch trees. In the words of Garrett Kopp from his video on misconceptions about chaga, he says, quote, a sclerotia is defined as an immune mechanizing source of micronutrients and the control center of defense for the fungus. It's an organ that's specific to parasitic fungi like chaga for actually growing on a living birch tree and eventually killing that birch tree. Because the birch tree is sending its own immune responses to the chaga, it's trying to heal itself and it's trying to dispel the chaga. So the fungus that occupies the birch trees develops chaga, the sclerotia, as fungal armor. It is a source of fungal compounds that it uses to protect itself from the birch tree. And ironically, that's why it's so good for us. Mammalian biology and DNA has ancient roots in the fungi kingdom. When you look at our DNA, we're a lot more similar to fungi than we are to plants. Chaga as a sclerotia is one of the core reasons why it's so good for us. It's not just another mushroom. It's a whole different thing. End quote. So on the tree, chaga forms this hardened black mass of birch wood and mycelium that looks like it's been charred on the outside. And beneath that black outer layer is a beautiful deep orange cork-like substance. Chaga is wildcrafted by using a long handled chisel and a hatchet or an ax or saw. The chisel is used at the top of the chaga and tapped in with the back of the hatchet and then it's popped off from the bottom with a hatchet. Now an ethical wild crafter leaves behind one to two inches of chaga on the tree so that the tree remains protected and the chaga continues to grow. If you remove the entire thing, the tree loses its protection and will die. Chaga is being over harvested now, so great care has to be taken when removing it. It's found in the forests of Russia, the US, northern China and Canada, where there is an abundance of native birch trees. It has been used as a folk remedy for centuries in Russia and northern Europe, where it was known as a remedy for numerous illnesses, including gastrointestinal disorders like chronic gastritis and ulcers. It's been discovered that the polysaccharides in chaga induce beneficial changes in gut bacteria and can maintain a healthy bacterial balance in the gut microbiome. Now, with so many people suffering from gut issues, this mushroom taken as a tea or tincture would be a very beneficial addition to their daily healing protocol. In the fungal pharmacy, Robert Rogers writes, quote, in Norway, the fungus is known as cancer polypore or kreftjuls, and in Finland, tikati. The English call it woodpecker tea. Cree healers call it posikan or wisakekek omiki. Wisakekek is a mythical character that threw a scab, which he had mistaken for dried meat and tried to eat, against a tree. To this day, it remains on the tree to benefit mankind. The Russians have used chaga for various cancers, including Hodgkin's disease, since the 16th century. It has been used where operations were problematic or impossible due to the buildup of blood networks around tumor sites. In Western Siberia, it is used to treat tuberculosis, liver disease, worms, and stomach problems. It is a noted blood purifier, tonic, and pain reliever traditionally used to treat ulcers and gastritis. Lower bowel problems were treated with decoctions used as retention enemas, end quote. Chaga has incredible efficacy as an anti-cancer medicine. Medical research out of Russia has shown its effectiveness in breast cancer, cervical, lung, and gastrointestinal cancers for over half a century. It's used in cancer blends that combine various medicinal mushrooms, such as turkey tail, and the chaga itself will act as a super potent immunity booster. Chaga is loaded with beta-glucans, which are polysaccharides that support, modulate, and enhance the immune system, and they are neuroprotective phytonutrients. It contains polyphenols, which protect the body, and neutralize free radicals and also terpenoids, which have anti-inflammatory properties and are used in making anti-cancer drugs. Chaga also contains sterols and melanin and betulin and betulinic acid, which are terpenoids. It is very well known for its ORAC value. And ORAC is a measurement of effectiveness in neutralizing free radicals in the body. ORAC stands for Oxygen Radical Absorbance Capacity. Well, chaga sits at the top of the scale compared to other antioxidant rich foods like blueberries and acai berries. Antioxidants protect the DNA and they're also anti-aging. Chaga is high in melanin, as I mentioned, and that is soluble. So when you make chaga tea, you receive it. And that promotes the growth of nails and hair. And it's excellent for skin and also the eyes. And Birch Boys sells a wonderful skin cream made with chaga that I also recommend using. So here's a list of benefits from chaga. It's antibacterial, anti-inflammatory, anti-tumor, antiviral, and that's with influenza and vesicular stomatitis. It's adaptogenic for blood sugar and general healing. It's an immune tonic. It has immune-stimulating polysaccharides, as I mentioned. It's a kidney tonic. It's excellent for diabetes. It contains water-soluble polysaccharides that inhibit glucosidase, preventing absorption of glucose. It lowers blood sugar levels, and it combats cancer cells. It fights heart disease. It helps prevent blood clotting. That's pretty important these days. It relieves pain and purifies the blood and liver. It reduces the bad cholesterol and it stabilizes the entire body system. So I decoct chaga chunks for chaga tea that I purchased from birchboys.com. You just take a handful of chunks, depending on the size of your pot, and gently simmer for a good four hours. The larger the chunks, the longer you'll need to simmer and then let it cool and strain out the chunks and save them because you can brew those chunks three to four more times until you lose the flavor. You will end up with a rich dark liquid that has a bit of a vanilla taste. It's very pleasant to drink and it makes a great coffee substitute. I make it in an eight quart pot and store it in Mason jars in the fridge and I'll drink a good pint of that daily. The tea contains polysaccharides, which are the water-soluble compounds in chaga. It's a superb nerve tonic and a potent cancer fighter, and it's anti-inflammatory and will act as your protection against a myriad of ills. In traditional Chinese medicine, chaga is considered to be one of the most powerful healing substances on the planet. So if that doesn't inspire you to include it in your daily supplement protocol, I don't know what will. Now you will also want to take it as a tincture so you can receive the alcohol soluble constituents like the terpenoids. So get a dual extraction tincture so that you receive all the medicine chaga contains. You can also order it in powder form, which you can put into smoothies, coffee, etc. Now let's talk about lion's mane, which is a polypore that has a very distinctive look. It's a new tropic meaning that it's excellent for the brain. It's also known as bearded tooth fungus or hedgehog mushroom. It grows on hardwood trees in northern forests and it is a beautiful creamy white color. It's covered in cascading spines that form this very thick lush mane, thus the name. Lion's mane supports healthy brain function. It supports cognition and memory. In fact, studies done on adults with impaired memory have shown that lion's mane extract enhanced brain function compared to participants who did not ingest it. It promotes nerve tissue growth and it supports motor function. Robert Rogers writes, quote, Lion's mane contains five polysaccharides and polypeptides that enhance the immune system and show significant inhibitory effect on sarcoma 180, as well as cancers of the stomach, esophagus, and skin. Ingestion of the mushroom in dried pill form has been found to extend the life of cancer patients. An increase in interleukin-12 and interferon was found using water extracts on mouse splenocytes, this suggests indirect activation of natural killer cells. Both phenols, on A and B, appear to be directly active against cancer cells. The mycelium is used in China to make pills for treating gastric and duodenal ulcers, as well as chronic gastritis. It produces curative effect on both gastric and esophageal carcinoma. Lion's mane is immunomodulating, a nerve tonic, and useful in chronic bronchitis. It is not directly chemotherapeutic, but works by stimulating the immune system, which in turn helps control the growth of tumors. Pericinones CH from the fruiting bodies have been found to induce synthesis of nerve growth factor NGF, which is required by the brain for developing and maintaining important sensory neurons. This may be useful in the amelioration of Alzheimer's and other similar chronic nerve-brain-related diseases. The low molecular weight compounds pass through the blood-brain barrier intact. End quote. Rogers also speaks to a couple of important studies and writes, quote, a study of 100 patients in a rehabilitation hospital in Japan looked at the effect of five grams of lion's mane mushroom or placebo in their soup for six months. These patients were elderly and suffered from cerebrovascular disease, degenerative orthopedic disease, Parkinson's disease, spinocerebellar degeneration, diabetic neuropathy, spinal cord injury or disease syndrome. After six months, six of our seven patients taking the daily doses of mushrooms demonstrated improvement in perceptual capacities and all seven had improvements in their functional independence measure. Lion's mane may indeed be a potent inducer of brain tissue regeneration. A more recent study of 29 men and women aged 50 to 80 with mild cognitive problems was conducted by Mori et al. This double-blind placebo-controlled trial showed significant improvement in the mushroom group at 8, 12, and 16 weeks, but did not last beyond four weeks after being discontinued. Dosage was one gram of dried fruiting body three times per day. All 14 showed improvement after three months compared to five of the placebo patients, end quote. Now, a 2020 study out of China showed lion's mane to be as effective at treating migraines from inflammation of blood vessels in the brain as regular pharmaceuticals, but without the side effects. Lion's mane is also excellent for reducing inflammation and boosting the immune system it generates new nerve growth in the brain and it increases focus and mental clarity through increased myelin production. Myelin is the sheath that forms around nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord. Lion's Mane regenerates the myelin sheath. When the myelin sheath is compromised, brain function is also compromised. So Lion's Mane has tremendous promise with dementia and also ms and I'll share with you a story about lion's mane and MS. I knew a psychotherapist who had MS for 20 years. She was very interested in the microdosing stacking protocol that Paul Stamitz promotes where you take a microdose of psilocybin combined with lion's mane and niacin. So before I tell you what happened, I will first share the Stamets microdosing stacking protocol with you. Stamets says that psilocybin mushrooms are neurogenerative. So to combine that with lion's mane will be highly beneficial for the brain. According to Stamets, the majority of neurogenesis happens in the nerve extremities, Well, niacin, which is vitamin B3, is a flushing agent and a vasodilator, which means it expands blood vessels. And that makes it a perfect aid in carrying molecules of other compounds through the blood-brain barrier to the farthest areas of the nervous system. So niacin will enhance their effects in those regions. That said, listen up. Niacin comes with a warning Do not take niacin if you have hypersensitivity to vitamin B3, liver diseases, ulcer of stomach and or duodenum, gout, alcoholism, very low blood pressure, decreased kidney function, and diabetes. So if you have any of those, you do not want to go near niacin. All right. Here is the protocol for the stamit stack. And this is what my friend did for a full year. So on days one to four, you would take 0.1 to 0.2 grams of dried psilocybin mushrooms or 0.5 to 1.5 grams of fresh magic truffles. Very different, okay? That's why you would require more. And just again, remember, that's not one or two grams. No, that's 0.1 to 0.2 grams of dried psilocybin because you don't want to actually have an experience of being on the mushroom. You, this is this is, why this is microdosing. And then you have 500 milligrams to a thousand milligrams of high quality lion's mane extract powder, and then 25 to 50 milligrams of niacin and you want the flush variety. Okay, so that's day one to four. You take that. And then days five through seven are your non microdosing days. So you do not microdose psilocybin on those days. You could take niacin if you want. Uh, you could also continue implementing lion's mane, which I definitely would do. And that is exactly what my friend did. And so you'll continue this cycle for four weeks. And then you do a reset where you stop microdosing the psilocybin for two to four weeks. Though again, you would definitely wanna continue taking the lion's mane. So my therapist friend did the protocol. However, she happens to be old friends with a very well-respected mycologist. And with the understanding that she had MS, he told her to triple the dose of lion's mane. So the Stamets protocol calls for, as I said, 500 to thousand milligrams of lion's mane. She was taking 3000 milligrams of lion's mane daily and she did this for I think almost a year and toward the end of that year all her symptoms of MS had subsided and she told me that she went to her doctors with this news and instead of responding with curiosity (laughs) they told her after 20 years of MS mind you that it had to be a misdiagnosis they simply would not believe that this was possible Now, something important to note is that any medicinal mushroom you're taking, whether it's a powder or a tincture, it really needs to be from the fruiting body of the mushroom only. When mushroom growers produce them, they're grown on a substrate of grain or sawdust, and it's really difficult to separate out the mycelium, which is the root system, from the substrate, which means the end product can contain starchy grains and sometimes over 30% starch. And so not everybody wants that. If you're going to take lion's mane powder, you want it to be a dual extract powder where a dual extract was freeze dried into a powder. That way you'll receive all the constituents in the lion's mane. You can put medicinal mushroom powder into soups, coffee, smoothies, hot chocolate, whatever. For the dosage, you could take between 500 milligrams to two grams per day. And if you're taking a tincture, then one to two milliliters per day. All right, on to reishi. Reishi mushrooms are unforgettably beautiful polypores. I remember ordering some to make tinctures a number of years ago, and they looked like burgundy red wood that had been given a coat of shellac or varnish. There are different species of Rishi. The most well-known, of course, is Ganoderma lucidum, which is the Rishi that grows in China and has been used in Chinese medicine for thousands of years. The Chinese call it Ling Chi, which means spirit plant or tree of life mushroom. Robert Rogers writes that, quote, the Chinese character for Ling Chi is composed of three calligraphic characters or pictures that together mean shaman, praying for, and rain, end quote. Rishi also grows in forests in Japan, where it's known as divine or spiritual mushroom, and also as, quote, phantom mushroom and, quote, varnished conch. The Japanese word manantake means 10,000-year mushroom or mushroom of immortality, as it is commonly called today. Rishi is thought to protect the academic from their own mind and enhance the flow of chi through the body. It is a Ganoderma mushroom, and Rogers writes, quote, Ganoderma is from the Latin gan meaning shiny and derm meaning skin. Lucidum also means shiny or brilliant due to the bright varnished appearance. Now, Rishi also grows here in North America, and we have 16 species of Rishi, and they have a similar look, so it's not always easy to tell them apart. On its own, compared to other polypores, it is very distinctive, growing like a kidney-shaped shelf or bracket attached to trees, logs, or stumps, where its cap shines a very rich mahogany red or reddish brown. When reishi grows on logs, it will often develop an arching stem that allows it to grow horizontally. You'll find reishi, if you're lucky, on dead and dying trees, logs, and tree stumps. Commercially grown reishi has exploded over the years and is now grown in 15 countries. With the right conditions, reishi can be grown anywhere, and there's a very, very high demand for its medicine. So what has earned reishi, the moniker of mushroom of immortality? Well, I'm going to read from Robert Rogers book and I can only read so much as he has pages and pages of clinical findings with regard to the efficacy of reishi mushrooms. But this information is so important to share And I know most people are not going to purchase and read his book, though I will say that in my opinion, I think it's very important to have a library of actual physical books like this that you can refer to when needed. So I'm going to cover as much as possible here and hope that I don't bore you because this is truly valuable information that we don't get from the conventional medical system. That system wants us taking synthetic pharmaceuticals many of which have very treacherous side effects. Meanwhile, mother nature has provided us with an entire natural pharmacy, medicinal mushrooms being the star players in that arena with their significantly positive and extraordinary effects. So Rogers writes, quote, a large number of in vivo, in vitro, and human clinical trials have been conducted on reishi in China, Japan, and elsewhere. Both the mycelium and fruiting bodies contain valuable medicinal constituents and are often combined in products for the marketplace. The red variety known in Japan as Akashiba is the most prized of all. An observation now confirmed by clinical science, this red variety is considered the most potent and the most beneficial. Rishi has been shown to possess analgesic activity, general immune potentiation, muscle and central nervous system relaxation, cardiotonic activity, and liver and bronchial protection, as well as radiation protection. A 1993 study at Shanghai University found Rishi enhanced bone marrow nucleated cell proliferation, increased production of interleukin 1 in vitro, and increased white blood cells and hemoglobin in mice studies. Enhanced natural killer cell activity, improved adrenal cortical function, and anti-HIV activity were found both in vivo and in vitro by the researchers. Antiviral, anti-tumor, and antibacterial activity have all been found due mainly to increased immune system activation. Water extracts show activity against bacillus, micrococcus, and staphylococcus species. Mice were fed rishi water extract for 2 days and then injected with E. coli with 60 to 85% survival. Rishi can help infertile men with chronic genital inflammation secondary to infection by human papillomavirus overcome this condition. The extract significantly reduces inflammation and improves sperm parameters. Rishi extracts inhibit HPV activity. Zhong Taejong et al., 2008, found Rishi reduced formation of tumors by 40% and increased natural killer cell activity of splenocytes by 52%. Daniel Sleva 2003, found that Rishi demonstrates anti-cancer activity against breast and prostate cancer cell lines. Urinary tract infections of long standing and 88 males were helped by Rishi in a double blind, placebo controlled, randomized trial. A number of human clinical trials have shown efficacy in liver function and hepatitis. In one study of an herbal pill that included the fruiting body of Rishi, 94% of 355 patients with hepatitis B showed positive results. Polysaccharides have been found to be effective against indomethacin-induced gastric ulcers, suggesting possibly application in both prevention and treatment of peptic ulcers. Reishi mushroom helps lower elevated blood sugar levels. Reishi has a special affinity for the lungs. In a 1986 study reported by Chang and Butt, more than 2,000 patients with chronic bronchitis were given a reishi syrup tablet. From 60 to 90% of patients showed great improvement in only two weeks, along with increased appetite. Older patients, especially those with bronchial asthma, responded very well. Both clinical and empirical evidence suggests that Rishi may be beneficial in patients with viral conditions, such as Epstein Barr virus or HIV. Acidic protein bound polysaccharides from Rishi have been found to inhibit herpes simplex virus type 1 and type 2, responsible for cold sores and genital herpes outbreaks. A study of 103 patients suffering from coronary heart disease and angina for at least one year were given one gram of Ganoderma three times daily for four months at seven hospitals. LDL, that's the bad cholesterol, declined 68%, Arrhythmia improved 60%, insomnia by 78%, and angina pectoris by 84%. It is little surprise that Rishi is so effective as a comitive, helping alleviate anxiety, insomnia, and nervousness associated with adrenal deficient conditions. It helps relax muscles and reduces the effects of caffeine on the body. It is known as the mushroom of spiritual potency by Taoist monks and other people seeking to improve their inner life. It can be helpful for addiction, gradually strengthening the nerves and protecting us on physical, mental, and spiritual levels. Hence its other name, quote, the herb of good fortune. Rishi appears to protect the brain from the harmful effects of beta amyloid associated with Alzheimer's disease. End quote. So I could keep going as Rogers is very thorough in his research, but I think you get it. At the end of the day, we wanna have a good stash of these dual extracts and really they are not to be underestimated. All right, let's talk about turkey tail. Now you might wonder what mushroom could possibly follow reishi, but with medicinal mushrooms, each and every one is its own rock star. Robert Rogers writes in his book that turkey tail is one of the most important mushrooms in the world. Fortunately for all of us, it's one of the most common local mushrooms, and it has been a huge assist for people around the world. To be clear, this is Tremite's versicolor, and it grows throughout North America. This polypore grows on dead hardwoods, and it has a very distinct look. It grows in clusters of fruiting bodies that look like turkey feathers with multicolored concentric zones in blue, brown, gray, and white. The underside is this beautiful, pure white and it's a major identifying feature of a true turkey tail. Also, the fruiting bodies are flat and fairly thin. I've seen them in the forest and they are strikingly beautiful. It's a very highly potent immune enhancer. Turkey tail is a highly potent immune enhancer. It's anti-tumor, antiviral, antibacterial, and antioxidant. It contains polysaccharide K, Polysaccharopeptides, which are bioactive agents, and quercetin, which has antioxidant and anti-inflammatory effects, as well as over 30 healing phenolic compounds that are unique to turkey tail. It is also very beneficial for gut health. It contains prebiotics, which are what the good bacteria feed on a clinical study of 24 healthy people who ingested 2000 milligrams of polysaccharopeptide from turkey tail experienced beneficial changes in gut bacteria with suppressed growth of E. coli and Shigella bacteria strains. Another study showed that turkey tail modified gut bacterial composition by increasing beneficial bacteria and reducing harmful strains of bacteria It also facilitates the absorption of vitamin B12 and vitamin D and reduces the risk of digestive illnesses like Crohn's disease, colitis, IBS, and colon cancer. Now, many people have heard about turkey tail's positive effects on cancer. When cancer is active in the body, it secretes cytokines, which are compounds that trick the immune cells to stop working. And that enables the cancer to thrive and grow in the body. Well, turkey tail is a potent immune system enhancer, and it stimulates the T helper cells, whose job is to communicate instructions to the immune system cells on what to do and how to do it and when to stop doing it. It's the polysaccharides in turkey tail that are responsible for its anti-cancer effects. They help the body to preserve lymphocytes, which are a type of white blood cell that are part of the immune system. And I'm just going to read you a short description of lymphocytes from Wikipedia to give you a better understanding because really at the end of the day, we we wanna really be able to understand the inner workings of our body. Quote lymphocytes are made in the bone marrow and found in the blood and lymph tissue. There are two main types of lymphocytes, B cells and T cells. B cells produce antibodies that are used to attack invading bacteria, viruses and toxins, while T cells destroy the body's own cells that have been taken over by viruses or become cancerous. Lymphocytes account for up to 40% of the body's total blood volume and play a main role in the immune system, helping to defend the body from foreign invaders like bacteria and viruses that may cause infection. End quote. Turkey tail is the source of a glycoprotein mixture called PSK, which is a commercial cancer drug called Crestin with a K, and that is an approved anti cancer drug in Asia. You'll also hear about PSP if you research turkey tail, and PSP is a polysacropeptide that when isolated from turkey tail is a highly potent antiviral agent. Rogers writes, quote, PSK improves the function of blood vessels, normalization of spleen index, immune enhancement, and possible prevention of liver cancer. It prolongs the activity of antibiotics and increases sensitivity in antibiotic-resistant bacteria, working in a synergistic manner in cases of MRSA and other resistant strains. PSK, derived from mycelium, is immune-enhancing and has broad neoplastic activity. It has been shown to restore antibody production in mice with sarcoma 180, but not in normal mice. It acts directly on tumor cells, prevents metastasis, metastasis, and enhances the effects of radiation or chemotherapy. It stops the spread of tumors by disabling enzymes that allow tumor cells to break out of the matrix that holds healthy cells in place. This is very useful in radiation therapy for endometrial cancer. PSK is antiviral, Inhibiting HIV by either modifying the viral receptor or stopping HIV from binding with lymphocytes. It also stimulates interferon production. One study found 36 patients with chronic fatigue syndrome who took the mushroom supplement for two months showed a 35% increase in natural killer cells. Dr. Andrew French reported a case study of a pregnant patient whose chronic genital herpes were alleviated with turkey tail mushroom extracts. PSP is immune stimulating. PSP has been found to alleviate symptoms and prevent decline in immune status. In one study of 185 patients with stage three lung cancer, the five-year survival rate for those who received radiation and PSK exceeded the radiation only survival rate by 400%. In colorectal cancer, it checked advancement and increased survival rate in a trial involving 221 patients treated with mitomycin. PSK reduced the depth to which the cancer invaded the intestinal wall and curtailed its spread to lymphatic nodes and blood vessels. One glycoprotein from turkey tail shows activity against hypertension, diabetes, thrombosis, and rheumatism. The protein inhibits blood platelet aggregation and exhibits analgesic, antipyretic, which reduces fever, antihyperlipemic, which lowers cholesterol, antiarrhythmic, which means it will lower rapid heart rhythms, anti-inflammatory and vasodilating activity. It is considered an antidote for toxins and is used for arthritis, including gout, as well as for antibacterial and antifungal activity. So again, I could go on and on here, as Rogers has, many pages of medical benefits from Turkey Tail. Now, interestingly, this polypore also has a fragrance that is accessed through steam distillation as an essential oil. And this comes from the species Tramites Suaviolins, which grows on poplar trees and also T. odorata, which has a slight anise-like scent, but also rose, honey, and fruit. So I thought that was very interesting. And addition to bringing so much health to our bodies, turkey tail also brings health to the forest. It's a detoxifier of PCBs and also polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, which are compounds from vehicle emissions, domestic heating or cooking, and the burning of agricultural waste. And it will also detox synthetic dyes. It is no accident then that turkey tail is so commonly found, and it speaks to nature's inherent wisdom to produce a cure for so many things. All right, I will speak to my talkie. Now, this is yet another polypore that packs a punch in health-giving compounds. It is the Latin term is Grafola fondosum, which describes the fruiting body and translates to, quote, covered with leaves or, quote, leaf like. It's called maitake, which is a Japanese word that translates to dancing mushroom, because the fruiting body has the look of a cluster of butterflies dancing. It also speaks to feudal Japan, which I mentioned earlier, where the local lords would pay the common folk who were able to find the mushroom, the equivalent of its weight in silver, and then the happy forager would dance in joy to receive that reward. Maitake is also known as hen of the woods because it looks like a small feathered hen. It grows in Asia, Europe, and Northeast America on hardwood trees and stumps and tastes absolutely delicious. In Japan, there were certain for- foragers who, like the reishi mushroom, kept the location of maitake secret until their death when it was revealed to the eldest son through the will. Maitake has been used medicinally in Asia for many centuries, where it is used in teas, powders, and drinks. And again, Rogers writes in his book, quote, the fruiting bodies are used in traditional Chinese medicine for improving stomach and spleen conditions and hemorrhoids and for calming the mind and nervous system. It also treats neuralgia, palsy, and various forms of arthritis, end quote. Traditional Chinese medicine and Japanese Kampo tradition have used maitake for a number of ailments, finding it to be an effective diuretic, anti-cancer, and immune stimulant. It has compounds that reduce hypertension, and lower LDL cholesterol and triglycerides, making it beneficial for those suffering from high blood pressure. It also reduces blood sugar levels. In fact, It has the ability to restore normal insulin and blood sugar levels. The compound alpha-glucan found in Mitaki influences insulin receptors and improves insulin sensitivity, making this a very excellent supplement to assist with type two diabetes. Mitaki has caused significant decreases in certain types of cancer. It contains polysaccharide fractions that assist the immune system, by increasing macrophages, which destroy foreign substances in the body. They also increase N-killer cells and cytotoxic T-cells with an 86% inhibition of tumor growth. The compounds in Mitaki also shrink fibroids. Polysaccharides and beta-glucans in Mitaki are anti-inflammatory. And they are effective inhibitors of inflammatory molecules in the body. They have immunomodulatory effects that regulate the immune system and reduce the risk of autoimmune disorders. Clinical studies have shown that mitaki may stimulate the immune system of those suffering from chronic fatigue syndrome. And a study by Lovey et al. found mitaki is active against human T4 leukemia cells and HeLa cervical cancer cells. A common side effect with mitaki, I love this, is reduced abdominal obesity, which is associated with poor insulin sensitivity. A study by Dr. Masanori Yokota gave 200 grams of mitaki daily to 30 patients for two months where they lost an average of 11 to 13 pounds with no other dietary changes. Robert Rogers writes of research showing that maitake, shiitake, and oyster mushrooms are effective in the prevention of bladder cancer with maitake being the most protective. And in this research, they also discovered that mushrooms protect macrophages and lymphocytes from being numbed by carcinogenic exposure. I talked about PSK, which comes from turkey tail, and that is used beneficially in conjunction with chemotherapy. However, mitaki does an even better job compared to both turkey tail and reishi with regard to breast tumor growth inhibition. And a Japanese study conducted by Dr. Namba gave maitake mushroom extract to 165 patients with advanced cancer who were on chemotherapy. 90% of those patients experienced reduced side effects, and 85% had reduced pain levels. And then in a separate study of advanced stage breast cancer, 11 out of 15 patients who took my extract experienced tumor regression or significant improvement. Now, interestingly, they're finding that mushroom extracts may induce ovulation in women with polycystic ovary syndrome. In an open trial of 80 patients, the extract was found to be useful alone or, as an adjunct therapy for women taking clomiphene citrate treatment, which is a medication for infertility due to inability to ovulate. And of that study, Rogers writes, quote, the mushroom and drug were compared with mitake showing tumor inhibition of 80% compared to 45% for the drug. When both were given together, however, but at half the dosage of each, the rate of inhibition was an astounding 98% percent. So again, these medicinal mushrooms, polypores, sclerotia are not to be underestimated. And we we've got to really avail ourselves of, of their medicines. So I'm going to stop here at this first hour and invite those interested to come to the mushroomsapprentice.com and subscribe. It's just $8 a month. And for the second hour, I am going to continue talking about a number of other mushrooms that have incredible qualities and also talk about uh, tinctures. So lots more to say here, and I will hope that you will join me. Thank you.